0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas, brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts.
1: Bob and Richardson, how can I help you today?
0: Hi, Jim. I enjoy your show. Uh, I wondered, I'm uh, looking at a uh, water uh, foundation watering system, and yeah. I'd I'd heard something about a system where it's buried down into the ground and it uh, goes in fairly deep and it uh, only needs to be turned on, uh, watered once a week. And I know you talked about a system where it was, I guess it was, uh, you had to water twice a day, and I wondered...
1: uh, Well... Don't let the number of times that water gets turned on fool you, because if they turn it on once a week and leave it on for two hours, you're using the same amount of water as if somebody turned it on and, you know, every other day for 15 minutes. I mean, oh, so geez. you you really you you got to look at apples to apples. The other thing you got to be aware of is like the system I recommend that I put in. Uh-huh. We use a drip emitter that Im- at. Each one of the drip emitters emits only 0.9 gallons per hour. Uh-huh. So, regardless of how long we have it on, it's only using each emitter is only using that 0.9 gallons per hour. Now, so, there there's many things that go into how much water is being used.
0: Okay, will that interfere with the the mowing of the grass? The, the, Not a bit, because uh, it's
1: it's a it's a buried system. Oh, is it? It's, yeah, it's it's uh the system that I install goes 12 to 18 inches out from the foundation. We dig a trench, and uh-huh. we bury the drip emitters in the ground anywhere from two to 12 inches, usually around two to eight inches, and you know it gets buried back up, and and it's just there to run. We do have some little uh, ends that come up so you can make sure that water's flowing through it the way it's supposed to, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it. I have seen over the years other systems where they go, you know, deep down, where they they go five, six, seven feet down. They use Mm -hmm. a PVC pipe, but they're high pressure, trying to high pressure inject this water. The reason I recommend it the way I do is our soils will only absorb about an eighth of an inch an hour. Anything Mm -hmm. more than that just runs off. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's the reason, you know, when we start getting a lot of rain, it doesn't soak into the ground. It just runs off into the creeks and stuff because the, the mm-hmm. ground just plain can't absorb it any faster than that. Well, that's so, what
0: I wondered. I, well, I may give you a call. Uh, okay. Is this the same number to to call you at your, at, uh, no, my, your the
1: office? No, the office is for Due West Services. Due West, and okay. And the number is 972 406
0: Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. You
1: bet. Take care, Bob.
0: See you bet. Bye.
1: There's a spot down in the bottom left-hand corner called Ask Jim, where you can send in email questions to get answered. And I'll give you an example of one that came Thursday. I have galvanized pipes, which have de- developed a couple of pinhole leaks. From what I understand, the only way to prevent future leaks is to repipe the house or line the pipes with a coating to prevent any leaks in the future. Which way is the best way to go and why? Also, you have a plumber that you recommend. Thanks for your help. Well, if you want to repipe the house, I'm going to tell you to call my plumbing company, Due West, and uh, we can obviously come out and take care of re-piping the house. If you want to go with the relining the pipes, there's other companies who can do that. There's a system out there called... E-pipe, and it's uh, by Ace DuraFlow, and basically they sandblast through the pipes, blow an epoxy resin through there that coats the inside of the pipe. Now, to do that, they come in, they remove all the valves so that it's clean pipes blowing through, and that's how they sandblast through there and then coat the insides. Here's the big difference. The E-pipe system only has to cut into the sheetrock in a few places. Typically, if it's like a shower or something like that, that doesn't have access to the valve to undo the pipes. If you do a complete repipe with new pipes, uh, say you're going to use the PEX plumbing, for instance, you typically are going to have more sheetrock repairs to do and things like that. So, how do you decide which way to go? Cost is the big factor. The e-pipe system will be cheaper if you've got a lot of sheetrock work that's going to have to be cut. However, if you like a one-story house and it's fully accessible to, to run new pipes, or if you're, you're a pier and beam, block and base type home, a lot of times you'll find it's cheaper to re-pipe the house. Which one is better than the other? I I, I would not even venture to tell you that one is better than the other. They both do the same thing. They both have an excellent lifespan. It really just comes down to a cost factor. Now, I will tell you, if you have, like, the ACE Duraflow system put into your house, any time a plumber comes out and works on the pipes, they have to be aware of that because it's got to be handled differently. And some people say, oh, well, that's a bad thing. It's really not because whether you've got the ACE Duraflow system in your pipes or you've got galvanized pipes, copper pipes, uh pipes, PEX plumbing, whatever, they all got to be handled differently. The plumber just is able to see the other ones from the outside. So you just need to verbally notify a plumber when he comes out and you've had the epoxy system done to it. So which is better? Whichever one you can have done least expensively on your home. That's the one that's going to be better for you. You know, there, there is a lot of people who don't understand the difference between surface drains and French drains. <laughs> and the other thing that really drives me nuts, they will take downspouts and actually tie those into a French drain. That is a no-no. If somebody's trying to do that on, drains, on a French drain that they're putting in your property, they don't know what the heck they're doing. You only tie downspouts into solid pipe. A French drain, the pipe that runs through the ground, well, let's start at the beginning. A French drain is a perforated pipe with gravel around it. So if you tie your gutter system into that French drain, you're injecting water into the soil, doing just the opposite of what you want to be doing. So you, it's not that you can't tie downspouts into something because you could run your perforated pipe and run a solid pipe for the downspouts, the perforated pipe for the French drain, the solid pipe for the downspouts. But if you catch somebody trying to tie your gutters into a perforated pipe, you got the wrong person doing your drain system. Jerry, this is Jim. How can I help you today?
2: Hey, man, I'm getting ready to build uh, a custom home over in Magnolia. Everyone's telling me, man, make sure you put uh, hardy siding on it. And I'm really leaning more towards the LP smart siding. I want your opinion on that.
1: Why are you leaning towards LP smart siding? I'm leaning
2: towards it because it comes in 16-foot dimensions instead of, of the smaller 12. I don't like joints. Uh, I can almost do my entire house without one joint in it.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Here's my take on it. I, I personally use the hardy siding. Uh, I love it because, one, I don't have to worry about it uh, burning, warping, any of that kind of stuff. If too much heat gets to it, uh, I don't have to worry about bugs. It holds paint better than any other siding that I know of and so you know you paint it you're good for it's not unusual 15 years plus yeah. a- and if you decide you want to change the color you just repaint it real simple product to install it installs just like wood uh smart side not that i have anything against it but it is a synthetic it has wood fibers in it so you do still have the risk of some bugs trying to get to it uh if it gets to a flame or anything close heat-wise, it can lose its shape and integrity. I'm not going to say it'll catch fire, because I don't know that for sure, but uh, it's just not as... Its dimensions are also smaller, so it, it doesn't give that real wood appearance like you'll get with the James Hardy product. So... That, 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 and that's really it. I mean, you can go with either product. I just personally prefer the James Hardy. Is there any place
2: you can get James Hardy in longer dimensions than 12 foot?
1: Check with some of the, with the, one of the lumber yards. You're probably not going to get it at the box stores because they're, they're, they carry a very limited. but if you'll check with uh, a couple of the lumber yards like uh, what part of town are you in Magnolia?
2: Magdolia. I'll check at like McCoy or eighty four lumber. They That's have what home, I was right?
1: g- going to suggest. Yeah. Excellent. Because Hardy. I believe Hardy does come in those longer dimensions as well.
2: Well, if I can find it, I'll use that. Awesome. Thank Alrighty. you. Already.
1: You bet. Take care. Four. Let's head to Santa Fe and uh, Pamela. This is Jim. Uh, oops, missed that button there. For taking my call, appreciate go. it.
3: Um, My husband and I are um, going to erect a um, uh, metal building, and uh, we're going to put living quarters in, and we're downsizing, putting it on some property. So we kind of boiled it down to two different companies. One is – can I mention companies on the air?
1: Oh, sure. Go ahead.
3: Okay, uh, we, we, we kind of boiled it down to a Whirlwind at my hobby, the uh, hobby area, and then there's another company called Mueller out in Rosenberg, and um, uh-huh. uh, Rosenberg, they uh, they claim that their their buildings are just a little beefier. They, put, they add a little bit more, they're a little bit more expensive, but in my mind, um, you know, living close to the coast like I do, it, it seems... Uh, to me that it would make more sense to have a little bit of a beefier building, you know, with a hurricane uh, problem. Sure. But I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on these two companies, if if you've ever uh, had any dealings uh, or talked to anybody uh,
1: about well, the quality. I Surprisingly enough, I have one of each of their buildings. I have oh. a Mueller building in my Dallas location, and we built it out into our office, so half of it's office and half of it is shop. Shop, okay. Uh, and then okay. with Whirlwind, uh, we have a Whirlwind building in our Pasadena location uh, that Ooh. we use as our shop. And you know, it's been through at least two hurricanes and has not had a problem. So, uh, you know, the, the the thing is, they got to be built to certain wind standards, anyways. So I wouldn't worry Ooh. about as far as the wind standards. And If one of them has a heavier duty, all you gotta do is ask the other one, and they're more than willing to to beef up on the heavy duty ness of it. You're gonna find that the Whirlwind company, yeah, the Whirlwind is right there in your backyard. Yeah, uh, where the Mueller though, Mueller is all over the place. Uh, They got locations all over the state that can help you out. So if you want a local go with the whirlwind guy. Mike, how can I help you today?
2: Uh, yes, sir. I've got a one-story brick house. It's brick all the way around. And uh, I'm looking at replacing the fascia and the soffit with hardy plank, hardy soffit. Uh, yeah. And, and my question is, is uh, right now the soffit is attached to the rafters and joists that are the tails stick over the side and I would guess they're on 18-inch centers. My question is, is that enough support for the hardy soffit?
1: Oh, yes. Whatever soffit you have now and the way it's attached, the hardy goes in the same way.
2: Okay. uh, What I've seen is it needs to be nailed every 9 inches or so, but I could do it with a span of 18 inches?
1: Well, what you typically will see is, Yes, any, any place, you know, the way the your the regular soffits are installed, the hardy gets installed the same way. It, the 9-inch okay. is if you're doing an overhead, like on an entry or something like that, with the uh, with, with the hardy. Plate.
2: Okay, yeah, this is the 16-inch wide board.
1: Yeah. And what's
2: on there now is uh, the paper mache stuff, I would call it.
1: Yeah, and and you know I've got that soffit on my house. We just pulled the old stuff down, put up the new, and it, it was quick and easy. You don't have to do any additional bracing or anything. Only thing okay. you want to watch is that you your your sections end on right. the joists themselves. Don't have them floating out in between so that the, the end pieces are nailed. And with that, we'll be back in a moment with more Texas Home Improvement. Donna, this is Jim. Welcome to KTRH. How can I help you?
4: I have a question about painting cement. I okay. have a, a screened-in back porch that is uh, totally weatherproofed unless it's, you know, raining real hard. It'll blow in. But um, when, we, when we bought the house, it had um, indoor-outdoor carpet on there, and that was 21 years ago. We took that up and I painted the cement because I was having a party and the cement was just the old gray cement color. And it looked right. pretty for a while. In fact, somebody at the party spilled red wine on it. And when I wiped it up, it took the paint up. So, you know, that, oh. that lasted about 30 minutes. But through, yep. and that was probably ten years ago. So it's all most of it's worn away. Is there something I can paint the cement with that will last? Um, and is there anything I can do to keep the cement from sweating, or is that just the way it is?
1: Well, because uh, you know you described that this is not an air conditioned space, correct? Correct. Crap. yeah it's gonna it's gonna sweat when there's when yeah. there's these real fast temperature changes it's just plain yeah. gonna sweat yeah, yeah. uh and it as does. far as something you can as far as something you can put on there uh a, an epoxy coating like they use for garage floors mm-hmm. would go down and stick real well
4: yeah I thought about that
1: and it comes in many different colors. Uh, you can get it where you, you know, like with tan and then put sprinkle colors on it and stuff, or just solid colors, you, really whatever you're looking for. The only thing I would tell you is go into a regular paint store to get it. Okay. When now you that get it at the that box that stores, you're kind of getting the cheaper stuff.
4: That is that something oh, yes. I can do myself? Oh,
1: at, Absolutely. It's, it, it, the hardest part on putting in one of these epoxy floors is make, take the time to make sure it's cleaned the way the instructions say. If it tells okay. you to do a, a light acid wash, do that. Uh, but okay. you've got to make sure you get all the grease and, and stuff up off of it first. Uh, but, and seeing, seeing this isn't a garage floor, I think the cleaning right. part will probably go relatively simple.
4: Yes, it's like a room. I mean, I have furniture and ceiling fans and stuff out there. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just an unair-conditioned room in our house is basically what it is. So, you know, it, except for dust that comes through the screen, it's clean. But what about yeah. getting the the rest of the paint up that was left? Does that have to come up before I repaint it?
1: Uh, you're going to want to read the instructions because some of the the epoxies will say, yes, you got to have it down to bare concrete. Others will say no. Okay. Uh, okay. It, it will depend on the epoxy. And again, some of the cleanings, like if you use an acid wash or something, and not all of mm-hmm. them need you to do that, but that a lot of times will will take we'll up take some that of that.
4: Up. Okay. okay, okay. All right, well, that um, that tells me what I need to know. i had someone
1: call in. And this is just a real quick question. They call and ask if it's hard to put in drywall. Should they hire someone to do it? It's not hard to hang drywall. Uh, It is a skill to learn to tape and float drywall. Now, it's something that most everybody can learn. But if you've never done it, I wouldn't want to tackle doing a whole house or even a whole room. It's something to start small and work your way up on. So... Depending on your skill set, no, it's not hard. It's, it's uh, like riding a bike. It's just something you've got to learn to do. With that, I want to wish everybody a happy Memorial Day. And I want you to really take time to think about what Memorial Day is all about. When you go to church tomorrow, for instance, you know, thank God. For the guys who were willing to sacrifice their lives for our country to keep us free. They're the ones who make it where we can do the things we do. And there's an awful lot of whining out there nowadays as far as why things aren't right in this country. Those people who sacrificed, they did that to keep our country free and the way it is today. So, come Memorial Day, don't just cook your hot dogs and eat your hamburgers. Say a thank you for the veterans who sacrificed and to the families who lost their loved ones because they were keeping this country free as it is. Have a great Memorial Day, a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you again next weekend right here on 740 KTRH.